We're back with another episode of the Steel Sports Podcast, the podcast that puts kids first. Hello again, this is Nathan Clinkenbeard, your host, and Eric Karos is my guest for this edition. Eric spent 14 years in Major League Baseball, and he's currently a broadcaster on Fox. Uh, looking at his numbers and accolades, one could assume he had an easy path to the big leagues, but that wasn't the case, as you'll find out. Education played a huge role in allowing him to get where he wanted to go, and it's something he stresses to kids and parents when he talks to them. We also get a chance to dive into being a sports parent and his passion for supporting youth coaches, especially with his ties to the Steel Sports Advisory Board. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Eric Karos. All right, fresh off the World Series, I'm pleased to be joined by Eric Karos, who spent 12 seasons of his 14-year career with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eric, thanks for joining the Steel Sports Podcast. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's awesome. And and I, I got to start with the World Series, of course. Uh, you know, aside from playing for the Dodgers for for 12 seasons, you live in the LA area. You graduated from from UCLA. So, you know, with those connections, what what emotions did you have on that uh, final called third strike? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to be there, and uh, I was with Tommy Lasorda, and uh, of course, the founder of, of Steel. Uh, partners and Steel Sports, Warren Lichtenstein. So, for to be there to watch that uh, that third strike be called, uh, to share it with Tommy, who was the the last manager to lead the Dodgers to a World Series title in 1988, and then just to see the the emotion for the for the guys, guys like Clayton Kershaw, uh, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, and, and probably most importantly for the manager. Dave Roberts, uh, it, it was something special just because of what they've gone through uh, the last few years being close, but unable to, to, to close it out. Uh, you know, what it means for the organization, what it means for the community. For me personally, I, I feel like I'm, I'm family with the Dodgers. Um, you know, look, I would have loved to have been on that team playing first base, uh, but just to watch it, to, to feel a part of it. And then, of course, being with Tommy. That that was something really special because, you know, he's somebody that's meant a lot in my life. And, uh, you know, when you think of the Los Angeles Dodgers, you think of the Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda is one of the first names that uh, comes to mind. Absolutely. And and I want you to put your analyst hat on for a second. <laughs> and l- like you mentioned, the Dodgers have had incredible postseason success for, mm-hmm. for the last five years or so. So why was why was this year their year? I, you know, this year provided a lot of uh, a lot of variables that, uh, and I'd say obstacles that, that previous years, uh, you know, you didn't have to endure. And, and one of that is just the pandemic, the, the shortened season, uh, the way the environment that that guys had to prepare themselves. So, I think the team that was most committed to one another, and and respectful of one another, and and you know. Look, those things are are, are pillars of, of steel sports, and I think when I when I talk about that, I mean, look, at, we're not going to go out. We're going to adhere to all the protocol. We're going to be stringent about uh, isolating ourselves, staying away from even members of our family. We we are committed to one thing, and that is a world championship. And I think that the Dodgers were the best at that this year more so than any other club. And, and, and again, that's something that in previous years, um, 
you know, that wasn't a necessity. And, you know, there are a bunch of other, look at the other thing, they were more talented than anybody else too. So that had a lot to do with it, but I really believe that the commitment to to one another, uh, both individually and as an organization, second to none. And you mentioned the, the obstacles, of course, during, during this pandemic and uh, your son, Kyle, you know, like, like many high school and, and college athletes around the country, uh, he lost his senior season. So, you know, obviously that has to have an effect on, on a young person. How did you help him stay, stay positive? Well, so you, you, first of all, I, I feel like as a parent, you've got to understand that, you know, when you're dealing with kids of that age, their whole world is, you know, encapsulated in a period of one, two, three, four months, right? And as, as, a, as an adult, you can look past that and say, look at, you look at the, the reality is, yes, it's important. It's your senior year. But heck, you're not even going to remember 99% of what went on your senior year. But, but you can't look at it from your perspective. You have to look at it from your child's perspective. And for me, uh, you know, I tried to keep Kyle occupied, tried to keep him, keep him interested in things. Um, you know, at first it was not that it was kind of cool, but look at the kids aren't going to school. You know, nobody thought that it would morph into something that it has. Right. Uh, people thought that, hey, it's going to be down for two or three weeks and and then we'll get back to normal. And it, it didn't. And so, you know, what were some of the things that you spent a lot of time with one another? Uh, we were able to get in the car and drive places and get out of, you know, where we lived. We I think more than anything, there's a lot of bonding time. And while I thought it was great, I'm not so sure that Kyle always thought it was great. Uh, but looking back on it, I think, that, you know, we use that time as productively as, as possible. And and Kyle will be joining your, your other son, Jared, at UCLA to play baseball. And you, your daughter, Mika, uh, she played Division One basketball. So as a parent, you've, you've You've been through the recruiting process. So what, what feedback would you give families to try to make it enjoyable and, and not so stressful? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can ever really just enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I think you can make it less stressful. And the, the reality of look at recruiting is, you know, you have the, the handful of kids that are, you know, they get to choose what school the, the, they want to attend because they're that blessed. Uh, that good, that disciplined. Um, I, I think more than anything, what I learned is there is a school for everyone. There's a school for everyone. And it's your job as a parent to help navigate that process with your children. And you've got to be realistic. Now, everybody is not going to go play football at Alabama. Okay. N- not everybody is going to go play baseball at Vanderbilt or UCLA. Not everybody's going to play basketball at Duke. But there are a ton of schools out there. And I think more than anything, what I learned is don't, do not wait around for the school to recruit you. You recruit the school. And you have to find what place fits best for your child. Not what you, you think but what you know. And what I mean by that is you have to understand what makes your kid tick. Where is he or she going to to thrive? Um, 
And again, there are a ton of schools out there. It doesn't have to be Division One. It could be Division Two. It could be Division Three. NAIA. It can be a junior college. It can be you know there there is a place. And if your child would like to to, to participate in sports, there is somewhere. And you just have to create that balance. But more than anything, you go out and recruit the school. You go out and make the effort. You find out. Look at nail it down. What part of the country does he or she want to be in? What uh, what type of academic interests do these kids have? What are the the athletics look like? What what do you know? What's the reality of my kid playing? And and so once you do all of that, uh, it makes it less stressful because you are in control. What's the best part about being a, a sports parent? Oh man, the best part of it probably watching watching your kid compete, watching uh, watching them have some success, um, watching them pursue something that they're passionate about. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, there's the it's it's the good and bad, right? There there was um, Howie Long, a Hall of Fame football player, had a, a couple of sons that played in the NFL, and I remember, you know, he was asked, "What's it like?" watching your kid play and how does that compare to, to you playing? And, and he said, you know, it was easier to play because he would get all worked up and get all the adrenaline going and then he could release that on the field. And he said he still would feel that same adrenaline when he'd watch his boys, but he had to sit in the stands and just sit there and had to be stoic, couldn't release all that adrenaline. So it would just get all pent up. And I think all of us as parents, you know, we all have that anxiety when we're watching our kids play. Uh, you know, we're hoping things go well. And look at it, sports, which which is a microcosm of life. And we know that there are going to be ups and downs. And um, but I think all of us, like I said, we want we want to see our, our, our kids have some measure of success. So, you know, look, I, I enjoyed why I'm not going to sit here and, you know. Say, oh, yeah, well, I just sat there and it was great. And I just didn't have any emotion or anything like that because. All of us parents out here, out there, you know, we, everybody that sat in the stands, we all, we all get fired up. Oh, definitely. And your story is a little bit different from your kids. You, you weren't recruited out of high school and you got into UCLA with your grades and, and walked mm -hmm. on. So how much value do you place on your education and what you have accomplished and not just on the field, but off the field as well? Well, I mean, look at for me, and, and granted, it was a different time. And you know, look at this was the, the mid '80s, so the the academic challenges that are presented to, to kids nowadays and the competition isn't as great, um, or wasn't as great back then as it is now. And I was fortunate enough; I academics were very important in my household. My my dad. Um, uh, my dad had gone to Yale. My my mom uh, was a nurse, had gone to San Diego State, and academics always came first. And so I was fortunate that that was the case because I eventually applied to one of the schools that I applied to and, and got in was, was UCLA. And because I was able to enter there academically, I called up the coach, said, "Hey, look, at I'm 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 in the school." Is there any opportunity for me to, to come out and try out and look at I'm, I'm, I'm a decent high school player and blah, blah, blah. And he said, sure, you can you can try out in the fall. And so I was going to be on the team from uh, 
uh, UCLA October and November, and then he'd make a decision whether or not uh, I would make the team. And so for me, if I don't get into school academically, you know, I'm, I'm not going to UCLA. I don't have an opportunity to try out for the team. If I don't make the team, I don't, you know, I, I'm certainly not going to end up playing professionally. Uh, so I, I trace everything back to, you know, my, all my athletic achievements, um, you know, after high school were really, were really a result of the academics. The academics opened up the door to the athletics. So that's why I, you know, I, I, I try to emphasize and, and tell kids that you can't, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You can't be all athletics. Uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to be just as disciplined off the field with your academics and, and do the best you can. When you were playing and maybe not just at UCLA, but, but, uh, as a pro, did you play with a chip on your shoulder, you know, to, to try to earn that respect in a sense from others to, to show, you know, Hey, you should have recruited me or you should have drafted me. I, I don't know if I, if that was the case as much as I used it to motivate me. Right. Because a- after, after UCLA, I, I was ended up getting <clears throat> drafted by the Dodgers, and then you go through the whole minor league process. And the, you know, along the way, look at there are many times where you you just look at I've had enough. I don't feel like playing, or you're discouraged, and you need something to to get you going again. And for me, it was the, I guess it would it would be the doubt people had, or the look at you can't do it or look at it. He's, he's good, but he's not, he's not going to make it or he's not. And so look at, I, I don't know if that's healthy or not healthy, but I, I definitely, I use that as a, as a motivational tool. I mean, I can, I can sit here right now and tell you that after uh, a season in the minor leagues in, in, in a ball uh, and I had had a real good year, one of the opposing managers, Ted Kubiak, I remember his name, Ted Kubiak, had made comments and he said, look, at the guy's a good player, but I don't know if he'll play much higher than double A. And there are steps. It goes A ball, double A, triple A, then the big leagues. And I remember reading that and that, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, that pissed me off. That pissed me off. And um, I took, I cut out that little article. I put it above my bedroom door that winter. So every time I walked out, I read that. So was that to motivate me? Was that, would I use that anger to, to get me? I don't know what it was, but I, I think all of us need, or all of us have to have something that drives us. And for everybody, it's different. Do you still have that article? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have, so that, I don't know that I have the art, but I still Ted Kubiak. I, I like I still remember. I his ought name. to thank him. I ought to thank seriously. I ought to thank him. I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for Ted Kubiak. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> uh, so, like analytics, uh, you know, at the youth level, at, at high school level, do we get caught up too much in in things like rankings and you know where a kid may play, whether it's a, a school or a conference or you know, you know, my my son has to play at this level or my daughter has to play at, uh, at such and such school or level. Do we get too caught up in that? I, I think so. I, I think that, you know, the, 
we probably put too much importance there. Look, it, it, I, I go back to the, the whole, the, there's a phrase that see the child in front of you, not the fantasy you have for that child. And I think that that is so important as a parent. Everybody, as I said earlier, is not going to play football at Alabama. I don't care how good they are when they're 10, 11, or 12. Every kid is not going to play, you know, at, at these crazy schools. But there's there's a place for everybody. And we get caught up in the, oh, hey, he was on the championship team. Or, hey, he hit 500. Or, hey, he scored 32 points. Or this and that. And quite frankly, while that's a feel-good moment, especially when you get into college recruiting and, and even professional like nobody really cares about that. The people that are evaluating your child are not looking at that sort of stuff, right? They're looking at, you know, what type of character does this young person have? Uh, how do they move? How athletic are they? Uh, how do they, do they respond in certain situations? You know, sure. It's nice. Hey, so-and-so scored this many points or, but that's, it's crazy. All that is, is basically an ego feeder. And which is fine. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs to fill their tank. There's no question about it. Um, but there's, you know, people like to use those as measurables. And But it is not the end all. It is not the end all uh, and by any means. And I think as a parent, um, you know, we like, we get caught up in that. But why are we caught up in that? Is that to make ourselves feel good to validate something that we're doing. At the end of the day, um, the reason anybody should be playing sports is because they enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, look at there's just find something else to do. Find your passion. Don't do it because, you know, I'm chasing this college scholarship or I'm chasing some sort of thing that I got to have. I mean, it just, you know, I, I think there's too many other, too many other things to do. You've given talks about teen wellness and, and this, this question plays into the key message behind those talks that you've given. Why do parents need to take the time to get to know their kid? Geez, I, you know, I, I think that's, again, you're trying to help your child, trying to guide your child. Um, you know, you, you have to know who you're dealing with. You have to know what makes them tick and, and understand that, you know, 99% of the kids are going to try to please their parents. They're going to try to please their parents, but that may not be what they really, you know, that may not be their passion. They may just think, well, mom and dad like to go to basketball games and like to see me do well. So I'm going to play basketball, but maybe this person loves to, be an artist or loves or, or has a creative aspect and, and likes to write or likes to. And the bottom line is it, we have to, again, you know, see the child in front of you, not the fantasy you have for that child. It's again, it's their life. It's, and you're trying to guide that. It's not, it's not for you. And I believe this to mold them into something that you want. You know, you're going to have, you need to run into a lot of issues down the road if you, if you try and do that. And so, you know, getting to know your child, what, what, you know, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? 
What are their interests? What, what makes them tick? At the end of the day, what makes them smile? And once you can identify those sort of things, you know, you're, you're going to do a better job as a parent. You're part of the Steel Sports Advisory Board, and and you played an enthusiastic role in the in the development of the Steel Sports Coaching System. Why are you so passionate in growing youth sports, especially at the coaching level? For me, youth sports is a great teacher, and and I say that because you can. I, I think sports mimics life, and you can, but without the consequences. So you can have the ups and downs. You can you can fail. You can make bad decisions. You can, but it's in the field of competition. It's not something that's going to turn your life upside down. And you can come back from it. You can you can learn. You get up more opportunities. Um, you know, there's so many highs and lows in athletics, and you take that to the next level. The people that coach have such a tr- tremendous impact on how these kids view sports. Their, you know, I don't want to say relationships that can be created, interactions, um, how they respond to certain situations can all be guided and and help by these coaches. And that's why you've got to have coaches that, that understand this. It's not just going out there and winning. It's not about, you know, fulfilling your own ego as a coach. Um, it's really about developing young people and through athletics, through sports, you have an opportunity to, to, to make lifelong impacts, but you got to know what you're doing. And that's, why this coaching system is is so important. You brought up a, a couple of the steel sports core values when you were talking about mm-hmm. the, the World Series champion, LA Dodgers. So the, the steel sports core values, teamwork, respect, integrity, commitment. Is there one of those four that uh, really strikes a chord for you? Yeah, for, for me, it's integrity without, without question. And I, I think, you know, the, the integrity part is a, is a foundation for those other core values as well. The, the, the integrity for me is, is like that little guy on your, your shoulder that is saying, hey, this is right or this is wrong. And everybody knows what is right. We all know what right is. We may not always want to do right, but we all know what right is. And then when you're talking about, you know, how that impacts the other, the other core values, I, I, like I said, I think it's it's the foundation. I mean, you'll have the commitment. You, you'll you'll have the, the the respect. You'll have the teamwork. You'll have you all of those things. You will do if you have integrity. And so that's like I said for me. At the end of the day, you know what is right. You know what is right. And if you do the right thing, um, you know it, it may not always be what you want to do. It may not promote the immediate gratification, but I promise you, you'll sleep a lot better at night and life will be a heck of a lot easier. Eric Karos, thank you so much for joining the Steel Sports Podcast. It was a pleasure having you and always great catching up with you. Good stuff. Thanks, Nathan. There were a lot of great moments during that conversation with Eric. 
especially learning about his experiences as an athlete and a parent. Eric has proof that education pays off, and what you do off the field can have a massive impact on what you'll be able to achieve on the field. In parents, his advice about getting to know your kid really resonates with all parents. That does it for this episode of the Steel Sports Podcast. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast provider, and we'd love for you to spread the word about us. Till next time, thanks for listening.